Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to open them to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. I had somebody uh, who was newer to our church uh, ask me what my favorite scripture verse was. I gave it some thought, and uh, this right here is my favorite scripture in all the Bible. It's one that I keep coming back to. It's one that just shocks me and grips me, amazes me, puts me in awe and wonder. And it's, it's these two little verses tucked away in Philippians after some powerful parts of Philippians. I mean, here is Paul. Paul is writing to this little tiny congregation in Philippi. He's in jail, most scholars believe. And this church has done something wonderful. They have risked their lives to travel to where he was imprisoned to give him a gift. Back then, you didn't get three squares and television in a prison. If uh, no one cared about you, You might just starve to death and they're just like justice served. It's all good. No need for a trial. But this little church had taken a collection and they had gone and they had given food and clothing and things to Paul who was in jail, which meant they were identifying with a potential criminal. But they risked it. They had done something good. And Paul writes back what a joy it was to get these good things. And yet, he wants them to go on. Just like last week when he was talking about to the church in Thessaloniki, where he said, there, there are great things, you're doing amazing things, I'm hearing such good things about you, and yet there's something you lack. Remember last week we talked about sanctification, that God can take all of who you are down to the core, your spirit, your soul, your body, and every lot in life that you have been given, and clean it and wash it and set it aside for His purposes. He can do that through and through. Same thing to the church in Philippi. Oh, thank you. It's so wonderful. I appreciate the gift, the risk, the sacrifice that you took to come and do this. And yet, I want to remind you, and at the beginning of verse of chapter 2, he says, I want to remind you, thank you for all of that, but let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That's a, that's a powerful passage. If you've never read that, you just back up a little bit in uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 and following. And he goes on to tell what this mind of Jesus is like who though he was in the very form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited or used for his own benefit, but he emptied himself. Remember, you are called to let that attitude, that mindset, that mind of Christ who emptied himself. Paul wants to remind that little church, 
You've shown a little bit of that, but let it keep happening. Let it keep happening. He goes through and talks about this beautiful, what, what some say is the earliest Christian hymn. So maybe they sung this. And at the end of that beautiful hymn about Christ who emptied himself all the way to the cross and therefore was highly exalted above every name, that Paul says these two little verses to that church long ago and to you and to me today. Here it is. I'm going to read it from the NRSV translation. So if you have a Bible app, you can flip to it. Otherwise, it'll be okay if you're in the NIV. Paul writes, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence. Hear this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, this is the last week of our series, A Family Vacation. It's been a a really fun series. And last week, I I started with a metaphor of a different kind of journey. Not a journey on a map, like I'm going to drive from here to there, but a journey of learning something. And that journey was learning how to have a pool. And learning about the chemistry degree that you need to have in order to have a pool. And we had some fun with that metaphor, and I won't belabor all of that, but it has led to a lot of questions from you this week. How's your pool? Well, I'll have you know, my pool, as of coming here, is empty. Because it needed to be drained. Because the chlorine was so high that it was throwing off all the other readings. You could read nothing but chlorine. I think if uh, if any of you needed some things like sanitized, you could have just thrown it in there. It would have come out a different color, but it would be clean. Be good. And, and this is the thing. This is this the reason why I'm bringing this up. We'll start filling it up today, and now I know you go easy. You add chemicals a little bit at a time. You take a lot of readings. You, you look at those test strips and you get that going so that you have a good balance of things. You can't go to the extremes. And it's good that you ask me, how's your pool? Meaning, can you use it? Can you get in it? Can you enjoy it? And see, we think about that in terms of, have you done all the things so that you can use the pool for the purpose that it was used for? We kind of talk about this with the end in mind. But I want you to know that having a pool, I am coming to understand, is not an end. Like, I've got it, I've got the chemicals balanced, and now I can just use it and enjoy it until it freezes. But the end of having a pool 
is a very dynamic end. It is not an end, but really a beginning of a journey of looking as we live life together, as we get in and out of it, things will change and we'll need to adjust things here and there. And I will need to rely on the experts to help make sure that balance stays there. Now, the same can be true when we talk about sanctification. We kind of have this thing, and in our tradition, we can kind of get to that point where like, hey, have you been sanctified? Have you been entirely sanctified? And what we usually mean by that is, have you come down to the altar a second time, and have you surrendered to the expert, like we talked about last week? And that's wonderful, but for a lot of folks... What we think is that once we've done that, once we've surrendered to the expert, wonderful, it's done. I'm just going to sit around and wait for heaven or for Jesus to come, one of the two. And I'm here to tell you that just like a pool, getting it to the beginning, getting it to, the, to that place, getting it to the end where I can use that, it's, it still is dynamic. And there are things that we're going to put in and, and make sure that it, it maintains that. The same is true of the sanctified journey, of that being set aside for God's purposes. That there is a work where we surrender to Him and He cleanses our hearts. And he cleanses us all the way down to the cellular level, soul, spirit, and body. And he can take all of the lot of life that we have and use it for his purposes. That happens like that. Just like when I went to talk to Hannah, she knew what to give me, and she knew that we needed to empty that pool. That was immediate. But there is also now the need. In my pool to refill and to watch the balance in our spiritual life. Even if you've surrendered to the expert, there are still going to be ways uh, that he is going to help you to balance your spiritual life so that he can use those lots in life. He can use your story. He can use your history. He can use every part of you to share the good news out into the world through your life. And through your testimony, through your words. That's what Paul is getting at here when he's talking about this. You know, earlier before he began that hymn, he says, let the mind of Christ be in you. That's his surrender to the expert. There's a a passivity to that. You just let. I mean, it is an action, but you let that mindset be in you. You open yourself. You say, I'm surrendered to that. But there is a, an active part where God says, it's not just about me zapping you, it's about us working together. And with God, it has always been that way. He created all there was all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, and then He created man and woman in His image and placed them in the garden and said, now we're going to do this together. And when that ended with humanity grabbing for itself and saying, we're going to do this our own way, and we know how rocky things got, God didn't say, I'm just going to zap you all. He came to Abraham and said, we're going to do this together, to move together. And and when they were enslaved in Egypt, God did something radical, split the sea, set them free, 
and then said, we're going to do this together. And these are the things that you need to do in order for me to live in your midst. This covenant partnership is what we're going to do together. And Paul is now saying to this little church and to you and to me, I may have given you what you need for your spiritual pool, but now it's time for us to work together to make sure that that sanctified experience moves out into the world and doesn't stagnate. And that you know when leaves drop in the pool, you've got a skimmer thing to move them out. And when things get out of balance, we're going to do this together. Did you catch that in these small verses? Paul saying, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I want you to hear this Greek word from that that is the word for work out so harold if we have that can we put that on the screen for everybody it's a tongue twister <laughs> looks german doesn't it <laughs> more than greek it is kator gadzeste are you ready to say that <laughs> kator gadzeste we'll say it one two three kator gadzeste let's try it one more time one two three kator gadzeste one more time. One, two, three. Kater gadzeste. And kater gadzeste means you are doing work that results in. That sounds strange because it just leaves it open. You're doing work that results in. But what's the work that, it, that it's supposed to result in? Salvation. And not just Salvation in general, it's very specific in the Greek. Your own, the salvation of you all. Very southern Greek. Y'all. You are to do the work that results in you all's salvation. Now I know, because we're on this side of the Protestant Reformation... That we all automatically, when we hear that word work, we think, I thought you weren't supposed to work for salvation. It's by grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone. I'm a good Lutheran today. But I want you to know when Paul uses this term, katargadzestai, the work that results in the salvation of you all, he is not talking about work that earns you salvation. He is talking about work that results, that shows that salvation is forming and taking place in you. It is balancing you out. It is sanctifying you through and through. It is taking all your lots in life and using them for God's purposes and helping you to maintain that so that you can share good news with those around you. There is a katargadzeste, a work that results in salvation. Now we're going to talk about those things here in just a second, what some of those works are. But I want you to see how we are to do katargadzeste. We are to do this work with fear and trembling. And some of you have just tuned me out because you have maybe grown up in a church that took fear and trembling and made sure that you were fearing and trembling. And the person that you were fearing and trembling 
was probably God. And it seems like that right, right here. Do this with fear and trembling, for it is God. Oh, yeah. Can I get you to tune back in with me? And can you hear the understanding of fear and trembling? It's twofold. Fear and trembling is, yes, awe and reverence that you are in the presence of God. One of the dictionaries that I was reading and preparing for this sermon said that kind of fear and trembling, that awe and reverence is what you would give to your, your father or someone who is in authority over you. Not a fear and a trembling of, oh my goodness, and I know some of you, this, is, this can be a tough metaphor, because some of you had a dad that you feared, literally, and trembled before. But we're talking about a good father. A father who knows that they have authority and uses it wisely and compassionately and caringly, like we talked about in Psalm 138, who is lofty but looks out for the lowly. Who has great power but uses it to comfort his people. Paul is saying, yes, we fear and tremble. We're in awe and reverence for this one who has authority over us. But we remember that he is the one who is good. The one who is setting us aside for his purposes and cleansing us down to the cellular level, soul, spirit, and body. Taking every lot in life that we have and can use it for his purposes. This is the one that we are in awe and wonder before. This is the second part of the way that this is is used, this awe and wonder. It is... It is that moment when you're fear and trembling because you're about to do something and you're nervous and wondering if you can do it. Have you ever been there? I'll never, ever, ever forget the first time that I was going to walk into a counseling room and two individuals We're going to trust me with their story, with their lives, that I could bring help or healing of some sort, that I could, I could do something that would help them get through their struggles. And, and to make things even worse, this was a lab. So all of my classmates were going to be on the other side of the mirror. Talk about fear and trembling. Maybe you've been there, first teachers, first time in the classroom, doctors, first time to see a patient, first day on the job. You know that. I'll never forget late November in 2008, getting ready, my mom's house. We hadn't even moved into the parsonage yet, but I was coming here to walk in for the first time as pastor. Fear and trembling. But before we get too much into fear and trembling, let's hear because it's twofold of what's going on there. 
fear and fear, awe and wonder, reverence of God, anxiety and, and tr- fear and trembling that we're about to do something and we're unsure if we can do it. Paul then brings the relief and says, for it is God who is at work in you. So he reminds them, you're afraid that you're about to do something that you're not sure you can do. I want to remind you that it is God who is at work in you. Person online, it is God who is at work in you. And he's not just going to give you power to do a work. He's going to give you a power to want to do the work. To enable you to will and to do his good pleasure. That there's a balance here, folks, together. We surrender to the expert, and he longs to come in. And not just a one-time zap so you can use the pool, but a long walk together that balances and keeps things going forward. Whenever I think of this verse, I go back to that fear and trembling I am in awe and wonder that the God who created everything longs to partner with me, longs to partner with you, longs to partner with Cross Community Church so that he can set us aside for his purposes, every single one of us, so that we might go out and declare the good news of the God who loves everyone. That is so humbling. And I will sit before this passage of Scripture for the rest of my life in awe and wonder that God would use someone like Jeff McVeigh and would so come into my life that I would want to do His good pleasure and He would give me the strength to do it. Does that just bring you into some awe and wonder as we think about how we work out salvation for y'all. Okay, I said, I said I would say, okay, so what are some of the things? What are the chemicals we put in our pool once it's filled up? What's the expert going to give us? What are the things that we are going to have so that we can Work this thing out in awe and wonder. What are the things that God is going to partner with us in? Well, I want you to know a couple of things. These are group activities. And the things that God has given to us to work out our salvation, where he gives us grace and we work it out into our life, always happens through participation with people. That's just how it goes. It's always in participation with people. Sure, there can be those moments where you're in in a time of prayer and God really meets you and, and you sense that God is near and that's wonderful. But the ways that things get worked out into our lives is when God calls us into participation with people. So there are a few things. We're just going to go over three of those tools, those things that God gives us to work out our salvation. You ready? The first one is the church. Oh, man, you were hoping for something really cool, weren't you? (laughs) But it's the church. God always gathers people 
not just a person. And even in the moments that God calls a person, He always calls that person to a people. And so, we're together in this. And one of the ways that we work out salvation is by doing it together. And that's tough, because it's really easy to be holy by yourself. Because when I'm by myself, your habits don't annoy me. And I'm not tempted to be angry or annoyed or frustrated. And the same goes. If you're by yourself, my habits don't annoy you. My preaching style doesn't annoy you. The way I'm a pastor doesn't bother you. But together, God has to work in us to help us balance and live this out in community together where we share with one another our burdens, our highs, our lows, our journeys. We shape one another. We call one another out, but we do it in love for the purpose of working out salvation together so that the world will know about the God who loves and that happens in a church. And it happens when we commit together as a church. I'm going to share a lot more about how God has been working out salvation for the church next Sunday. And I hope you'll be here along with the graduation Sunday and with, with the Clayton baby that is on the way. And Matt and Heather are here. So wave and say hi. We're excited about new baby. But we want you to know if you are interested in knowing more about what it means to be a member of Cross Community Church, I want to let you know, I think we have a slide for this, that we're going to have a membership class that's coming up. That's June 19th. That's a Saturday. It'll be from 9 to noon. And so if you're interested in that, you need to fill out a Connect card and write on there, I'm interested in membership tick a box or whatever's there so that you can be a part of that. And if you're in our online campus, we're going to figure something out for you. So if you are interested in that and you've never darkened the door of this building and maybe you live in another state, we're going to figure something out here. Technology opens a realm of questions. But we want you to know more about Cross Community Church and what you can do in the community where you are. We're not going to be limited to just Portage and Kalamazoo. Because our God is not limited to just Portage and Kalamazoo. God's opened the door. We're going to figure this out. Membership class, June 19th, 2021, 9 to noon. Don't worry. If you're just looking for information, that's okay. At the end of it, we will not force you to be a member. You can say, I just need to think about it some more. That's fine. We've had people do that. It's okay. If you're interested, though, we want you to be a part of that. Second thing that God has given us. To work out our salvation and participation with people is baptism. That's right. Baptism. I know that sounds so strange. But I also know there are so many of you who have been coming to church, some of you, for a long part in your life. And you've never been baptized. And Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I find it interesting that someone can say, oh, I, I love Jesus with all my heart. and I'm going to follow him for all my life. And they've never been baptized. Now, you don't have to have been baptized in the church of the Nazarene. If you've been baptized in another church, 
That's okay. We recognize that. But following Jesus is to listen to what he commands. And he says, be baptized. And so we are. The Sunday after our country celebrates freedom, we're going to celebrate freedom for those who would like to be baptized. And this is the prime time to be baptized because it will be hot. We tried one of these back in the winter, and I don't think anybody wanted to do that. So July 11th, I want to encourage you. We'll say more about what baptism is on that Sunday, and we'll have a small uh, gathering for those who want to be baptized or are interested in baptism to let you know what it is. It's that time where you join with the church, with Cross Community, to say, we're going to follow God together. I'm going to let God get so in me just like water does when, when you're submerged in it. It gets everywhere. I love what one scholar says. Baptism reminds him of. He says, it's like water just goes to the lowest place and pools itself up from there. I want that water, that spirit of God to go to the lowest place in me and fill me up and set me aside for his purposes. That's what baptism is all about. And if you're interested, you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, July 7th, or July 11th, be a part of that, okay? One more. And you probably already know where I'm going. The last thing, the last tool that God gives us to help maintain the balance of our spiritual lives so that we see that sanctification is not the end, but the beginning of a partnership and journey together. The last thing is communion. And communion is simply the reminder that Jesus made a great sacrifice for you and for me. He died. And we're reminded with bread and with cup of his body that was broken and his blood that was shed for us. And we're invited symbolically to take that in. Because it's on the inside that we need Jesus. We need Him to come. And just like food goes into the stomach and then the nutrition of it works its way out into the cells of your body, it's another reminder that this work is ongoing. And we're called. We're called as the Church of the Nazarene to take communion as often as we can. Now in our church it usually works out to be once a month. But there are times we take it more. Why? Because we need the God who enables us to will and to do his good pleasure. To balance us out in our life. And we need that reminder that he goes to the very cellular level to set us aside for his purposes. That's a big thing for communion. This is... The end of our journey and family vacation. But I want you to know this is really in many ways just the beginning. Because God longs, yes, to sanctify you through and through, wholly, completely, entirely. But that's when the journey begins. Because then He's going to help balance your life and continue to work on you and to work out salvation in partnership with you as we work this out together. In our Nazarene manual, we say, 
There's a difference between a pure heart, which happens in a moment, and a mature character that takes a lifetime. I'm inviting you today, as we end this series, to begin that lifetime allowing the expert to mature your character. And he will do that. Remember last week, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. I'm going to invite you to take out your elements for communion. If you would like to take communion today and you did not get one of the things on your way in the door, would you just, and you want to participate, would you just raise your hand and we'll have some. There are a couple right back here, Chris, if we could get a couple there. Um, We want to make sure that we have those. We're going to make sure. I want you to know if you're on the fence, you're like, I'm not sure I can take communion. This is my first time here. That's okay. Okay. Are you hungry for the God who wants to set you aside for His purposes and wants to walk with you all your life and help you live in to empower you and enable you to will and to do His good pleasure? If you answer yes to that, you're hungry for that kind of God, then I want you to know you're welcome at His table. This is not Pastor Jeff's table. This is not table of the church of the Nazarene. This is the table of the Lord and he wants it full of hungry and thirsty people. So I want to make sure if you're online, go ahead, grab something really quick. And I want to pray and bless these elements that they would be not just reminders, not just symbols, what we believe in the church of the Nazarene. That somehow, mysteriously, this is the grace of Jesus Christ entering into our bodies and working its way, its spiritually nutritious way into every cell. So let's pray and then we'll take. Father, we're thankful that you invite us to do the work that results in our salvation. Not to earn, but just to participate. And we come before you today with fear and trembling, with awe and reverence, sensing your great love and compassion. we're honest, we're anxious, we're not sure that we can do this. So remind us in the words of Paul that it's you who are at work within us and you're going to enable us and help us to will, to want to do the work and to actually do the work. So we thank you and we thank you that that's possible because of the great sacrifice of Jesus and we pray that these elements of bread and cup would bring your grace into our lives. Empower us for the work that results in salvation. Remembering that you, the expert, walks with us. We're grateful. We invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in this time. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, 
and even with the one who was to betray him, he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. That same night, he took the cup, and he blessed it, he poured it out, and he said, this is my blood shed for you serves you blameless unto eternal life. Take and drink. Oh Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice and your compassion for us and your willingness to help us, enable us, and empower us. Send us out now in your strength. May we go filled with your spirit. For we pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? You online, would you stand together? This blessing is for you as well. And now, may you surrender to the expert. May you begin this week the journey of working and doing the work that results in salvation. May you do it with a little awe and wonder because God is with you. May you do it with a little fear and trembling, wondering, can I do this? And may you always remember those little words from Paul. When you're afraid, it's God. God is doing the work in you. May you sense him enabling you and helping you to will, to want to do, and to actually do his good work. And I pray that you will go in the strength of his Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in his strength. And we'll see you next week. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, those online, for joining us. We're so grateful. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.